Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. And I'm so glad that you are joining me today. I hope your Monday was good. So we are going to do this week on fear. We did the last two weeks on happiness. And we know that fear and happiness don't coexist well. So we're going to talk first today as we kind of introduce this whole entire subject. Is that I entitled this to stop playing it safe. And I'm going to start with this verse, and this is out of the Message Bible. And it's Matthew chapter 25, 26 through 30. And it says, the master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously in fear like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, where at least I would have gotten a little interest. He goes on to say, take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most. Get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb, throw him out into utter darkness. I mean, th- this is, these are strong words. And this, this parable is about playing it safe. And these are, this is, the master gave three men three different sums of money and to do something with it. And the one who received the least amount of money had the greatest amount of fear, apparently, and buried it. And so the master was saying, you know, if you weren't going to do anything with it, you could have just given it to the bank, and it might have made a little bit of interest. But you didn't take any risk at all. And so he said, get rid of this play it safe guy. Now, I'm glad that we're kind of doing this right after we worked on happiness, because last Friday, we ended the show talking about value systems and how important it is to have a value system as a way to make sure that you are happier with your life because value systems define us, help give us direction, help us take appropriate risks, living a full life as far out as we can go for God. So this is a really important idea to understand when it comes to how you live your life and how not to be fearful and miserable. So, So as we are really in the middle of our year right now, and we need to develop a new position on risk taking, it's time to start living our lives full out, no holes bar, all in for our creator. We only have one life to live. So God asks us to live it well 
And that means taking risks. See, if we don't take risk, then we end up becoming a smaller and smaller and smaller person. Because risk, that stretches us. That challenges us. That helps us know truly who we are. That helps us better hear the Lord's voice as to who he is wanting us to be, why he created us, how we are to impact the world around us. And he also knows we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. And if we think of the life of Christ, the risks that he took to the point of losing his life, but he trusted his father and he trusted his calling and he was willing to go all out and he changed the world forever. Think about Noah. Wow, that was a risk. While he's building the ark, everybody's thinking he's insane. Everybody's laughing at him, making fun of him. But guess what happened? He took the risk and it was scary. Could you imagine having all these animals on this huge ark? There's no water anywhere and you're building this boat. And you're collecting all these animals. You're taking your family and then it really begins to rain. And it rains and rains and rains. I'm sure there were several times when he thought, what was I thinking? I can't, this can't be God. I can't have heard from God. But he had a close enough relationship with God. He took the risk. And aren't we glad he did? So these things are extremely important. Think of, think of Paul. Think of King David. If he would not have risked going after Goliath, he would never have had the son Solomon. So it's super important for us to push the limits. And I'm not talking about morality, obviously. And I'm not saying to live recklessly. You're too valuable to be reckless. But God is calling us out of our safe comfort zones to live a life of risk-taking with him. You're not alone. You're not doing this all by yourself. He's right by you, in you, going ahead of you, watching behind of you, side to side, giving you the strength and the courage that you need in the moment that you most need it. I remember the first time I took a risk going to Africa. I was a woman traveling all by myself. It's 23 hours to get there, three different flights, and I had no idea who was even going to meet me at the airport. And the scariest thing about Entebbe Airport is that nobody's allowed in it unless you're flying out and when you're flying back in. So I'm in this airport. I can't speak the language. I'm trying to find my luggage. I'm wondering, is anybody here? Because I didn't know that they weren't allowed in the airport. I was assuming I'd be met right when I walked into the airport from the plane. But in Entebbe, you land on the tarmac, and you have to walk across the tarmac, then into the airport. And they have three different sections that you have to get through. And it was pretty scary. And the first time I went, 
The plane from Phoenix was so late that I missed my connecting flight in Chicago. I was supposed to go from Chicago to England on British Airways, and I had to go on Turkish Airlines to Dubai. And th this, is, this was extremely terrifying in many ways, but I knew, I knew God had opened that door. It was a miracle. I'd been praying since I was a little kid to go to Africa. But it was scary. So I wasn't being reckless, but I was taking a big risk. And I'm telling you, my mom and dad, were, they were not happy. <laughs> they really weren't. But they knew I heard from God. So life, a life of intention, having intentionality, a life of courage, a life of passion. Because the risks we're taking is with him. He's already gone before us. See, a life that is willing to follow him, and yes, maybe make mistakes, maybe even miss what you heard. But I think it, it really is a much better position to have tried and lost, to have had the intention to follow hard after God, and maybe somehow missed it, or didn't put it together right, or got too tired in the middle of it. Because, see, he doesn't expect perfection. And, and we have this great example of Jonah. <laughs> Imagine Jonah. God is asking him to go to Nineveh. And Jonah was so prejudiced against Nineveh, which is probably one of the reasons God had Jonah go, because he wanted him to face some of these, these character issues. So he won't go. He goes the complete opposite direction, hundreds of miles in the opposite direction. And God keeps chasing after him because Jonah was the one that was called. Now, at that time, there were two other of the big prophets living. There was Hosea and Isaiah. Now, in my way of thinking, I would have probably picked Isaiah. But Hosea is sweet. Isaiah is brilliant, strong. Jonah is just scared and afraid and likes his own comfort zone. You know, when, when he was vomited up by the whale, he still came out complaining. But God knew why he asked him to go. And the one thing that Jonah could not deny was that he knew God asked him to go. He knew he didn't make it up. He didn't even want to do it. So there have been times in my life I know that God asked me to do something. I thought, I, I don't want to do this. I really don't. But I'll tell you what, I'm always glad when I do. So God's saying to us, be willing to make mistakes. I can handle it. God's saying, I can handle your mistakes. I've already, I already know what they are. I know the last mistake you'll ever make on the planet before you come to heaven. I know them all. And I've made provision for every mistake you've made. This is what's so amazing about God that I have learned. He makes provision for all of my, all of my champions, all of, all of the things that, that I accomplish. He's made provision for 
all those things that I'm going to do well. But he's also made provision for my mistakes. And so you have to take risks. You need to make mistakes in order to be fully human and to be all that you were created to be. One of the ways we find out who we are is by taking risks. We find out how we handle things. We find out about our character. We find out about our ethics. We find out how, what our integrity is. We find out how much faith we have. So it's incredibly revelatory when we're willing to take a risk. You must push. You must strain. You must stretch. And then you rest from the striving. So you have no idea how beautifully and wonderfully God has made you. He says, please come discover yourself with me. Discover all that I put into you that you don't even know you have. He loves how he made you. So I'm asking you, what is keeping you from living a life of courage and intention and risk-taking for God? And when we talked the last two weeks about all the bad habits that we need to break in order to be happy, well, risk-taking or not, if we don't risk-take, if we don't push ourselves to the end of ourselves, if we don't challenge ourselves, we have a life that, that isn't worth living. It's, it's going to be unhappy. It's going to be boring. It's not going to feel like you're alive. You're not going to experience why you were made. See, here's the thing. Why don't we live a life of courage and intentional risk-taking? Why don't we do that? Well, simply put, it's fear. We're afraid of failure. And I can attest to that. I don't like failing either. We're afraid we won't measure up. We're afraid of being hurt, of looking foolish. Stepping out just to fall flat on our faces again. Right? Think about the Wright brothers, how many failures they had before they got the airplane done. But they had a vision. And aren't we glad they continued to follow through with it. How many times have we, ha have we heard people have made huge mistakes and it turned out to be the greatest discovery for something else? That's happened numerous times. So God calls us to a life fully abandoned to his calling. Fully abandoned. So how do we get past this fear? How do we step out of our comfortable cautious lives and it begins with understanding that God is not surprised by anything nothing nothing can shock or surprise God we get shocked we get surprised right so let that truth wash over you God is not surprised when we fail we need to look at our past issues through the eyes of a healthy parent healthy emotional parent, an advocate, a loving God that knows we are going to fall short of our potential and even do something stupid. Even those things that we think are unforgivable. 
He's already made provision for that. So we all have those deep hurts, those nagging sins, and character flaws that we attempt to handle with, you know, varying success or not. Some we're going to battle for the rest of our life until the day we die. Think about, about the Apostle Paul. He was given a thorn in the flesh. Who knows what that was? Many people speculate on what they think that was. I kind of think the thorn in the flesh for Paul was that he had to live with the memory of killing thousands of Christians in his contempt and anger, jealousy, legalistic, sagacitical, pharisaical ways of acting. He killed thousands of innocent people. And God forgave him. But I don't think that God removed the memory. But that compelled him. That's where he got some of his greatest compassion. So, yes, God does see our sin. And yes, the sin bothers him. Breaks his heart. Because a lot of times he knows the sin is the thing that's causing us to lose out on the life he gave us that he wants us to have. And he knows our sin hurts other people. But when Jesus died on the cross, God knew exactly who he bought. He knew he was buying great fixer-uppers. He knew he was buying people that needed deep, great amounts of renovation. He knew he was buying you. It's amazing to me when I think about the fact that Jesus is dying on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. At the greatest point of what looked like utter failure to all the world at that time, he's asking for his Father to forgive us. So I want you to understand that as you take risks, as you push limits and boundaries, as you try new things, as you search hard for God's calling on your life, and if you know it, that you work really hard at working it out, he already knows when you're going to mess up. And Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And in fact, what he was doing on the cross, he was thinking of me too. He was saying, Father, forgive Cynthia. She doesn't know what she's doing. She really doesn't get it. She knows a little bit of the sin, but she doesn't get the magnitude of it. And she will never comprehend how much it hurts us until she gets to heaven. See, he knows us even better than we know ourselves. So he's not surprised. He's not deluded. He did this intentionally. He created you with intention, and he knows that every human is a risk. And he was willing to take the risk. He was willing to have his heart broken over all of us. He knew the people he, ma- he was making and creating, and he knew before he created them, they were not going to choose him. And he still took the risk and created them. See, we will, we will turn away. We will make mistakes. We'll turn away just like 
the disciple Peter will turn away like Judas. We'll make mistakes. We're going to forget about God. But he's not surprised by anything we do. He knows us way better than we could ever know ourselves. And, and I'm, I'm thankful that he reveals me to me in small doses. <laughs> I'm glad I don't see all that God sees. I probably wouldn't get out of bed. I'd be so discouraged if I really saw myself through his eyes. But really, on the other hand, I would be greatly encouraged and can be when I think about the fact that he knows me better than I know myself and he loves me far more than I could ever comprehend. So this does not mean we should look at our behavior and take away the importance of the offense or the mistake. We are to simply realize that our behaviors don't always indicate quote-unquote, who we are. See, Jesus looked at Peter. He knew Peter was going to deny him. And he did it three times, and Peter was his, one of his best friends. And he got so scared, so embarrassed, that he ran, and he denied his best friend. So Jesus never minimized what he did. He didn't say, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Don't be so hard on yourself. What he did was he asked him three times if Peter loved him, and he gave him a chance to undo the three times that he denied him. Because Jewish law does this. You say something three times, it is then made law. And so Jesus undid what Peter did because Jesus knew Peter. And sadly, Jesus also knew Judas. He knew what Judas was going to do. And he said this very kindly to, Ju to Judas. You know, it would have been better if you would have never been born. He didn't say it out of hatred. Like, man, I wish my father had never created you. He said, dude, you were with me every day. Wow, it would have been better if you would have never been born because you have to live with this for eternity. So what God wants us to do is simply realize our behaviors don't always indicate who we are. So we, wanna, we want to have the desire to make sure that the behaviors reinforce and express who we truly are as children of God. This is who Jesus was and is. He was God in human form. So every behavior, every word, every gesture and decision was an exact expression of who he authentically was. This is the goal. None of us have yet attained it. But we know God will complete the good work he started in us. When we are coming to the end of this hour. We're going to pick up with the rest of this tomorrow. But we're ending with Philippians 1.6. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started his great work in you would keep at it, bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day of Jesus Christ. So God bless you. Be of great courage. Push the limits. Find out how wonderful and talented 
and purposeful you really are. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. And Chris, thank you so much for helping me today. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.